0: Welcome to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. I am your host, Arthur Yan, co-founder and CEO of Nest Protection Plan. We partner with restorers, contractors, real estate professionals, and other entrepreneurs to increase their revenue, grow their business valuation, and help them build a platform of services for homeowners across the country. We think every American family and property owner deserves peace of mind for their health, indoor living, and longevity, all for less than a dollar a day. Also, I love forming relationships. Add me on Facebook or LinkedIn today and let's connect. Oh, and stick around to the end of this episode. We'll reveal how you or someone you know can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Here we go. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. I'm your host, Arthur Yon. As always, we appreciate you tuning in and listening to the show. This is episode number 42, and uh, we've got a really, really awesome guest today, and I'm going to introduce him. He is out in Arizona. He is many, many things. He's the CEO and founder of Proof Pest Control. Uh, He is also a business startup expert. Um, He is a podcaster. He's an attorney. He's a real estate investor. Uh, and he is Alan Draper. Alan, how are you doing today?
1: Great, man. Thanks you. Thanks for the uh, warm welcome. I appreciate that intro.
0: Well, hey, I appreciate you, man. I mean, you you're a man of uh, of many different hats and many tasks, and and it's really neat to have you. And we're going to discuss a lot of that, obviously. So this is going to be fun. Um, so start off. We let's let's get the audience uh, introduced to you a little bit more um, deeply. So. Let's let's hear a little bit about your background. Did you want to be a multi, multi-preneur from an early age? Or is that something that you just kind of fell into?
1: I think that I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like I wanted to have a business. Um, But yeah. at this stage where I'm involved in various different businesses, I don't know that I really um, planned that, but it definitely fits my personality where... I like to do a whole bunch of different things. I like to learn about different industries. So that kind of fell on my plate, but I knew that I was gonna run a successful business someday for sure.
0: Awesome. Well, and so what did you um did you get started in kind of running a business at an early age? Well, like tell us what it was like growing up. Did you grow up uh what in Oregon or or Idaho, somewhere around there?
1: Yeah. So what's funny is I grew up on the border of Oregon and Idaho and like to where I I grew up in Oregon, but I could walk it's, you know, a quarter of a mile across the river to, to Idaho. So right there. So when I tell people I'm from Oregon, you know, I usually get the response. Oh, it's green. It's, you know, liberal. It rains a lot. It's none of those things, not where I grew up. Um, it's more like Idaho, but, um, I grew up in a small farming community, about 2000 people. There's one stoplight, no McDonald's. In, in the town where I grew up, and my dad and uncles, they were kind of, you know, hustlers. They had small businesses, a landscaping company, or a small engine repair shop, and I think it's a little bit in, in my DNA, but um, there are various jobs that I had growing up, a newspaper delivery boy, I'd rake leaves, mow lawns, do things like that, that were, a lot of it was kind of autonomous. I would do it when I wanted to, to the level that I wanted to do it. And in an early age, I realized that I liked having that type of control over my destiny, over my profession, and over how much money I made.
0: That's awesome. And it's such a, a good thing to realize at a, at a young age. I mean, there, I, I, I truly believe that some people are kind of born with an entrepreneurial spirit, but they may not sure. really uh realize it or come into that feeling until later on in life maybe it's they had to endure some corporate life or some other kind of you know working maybe in the in the home services industry but they realize they want to be in charge you know and they they have the skills and abilities to be so that's fantastic um talk to us a little bit about your pest control business you founded it you're the ceo and it's called proof pest control How did you come up with that brand, that name, Proof?
1: You know, funny story. uh, My brother and I, who's my partner, co-founder, we were planning on starting a pest control company and thinking about a name. And I have a couple of buddies from my hometown that started a company that was actually on Shark Tank. um, And it was a wood um, frame sunglass company. So they... So they made sunglasses, but they have wood frames instead of plastic. And the company's name was Proof. And I remember scrolling through Facebook back in 2014 when we're trying to come up with a name. And I saw Proof and ran it by my brother. And it really grew on us. It was short, sweet, easy to remember. But it was a powerful word. Um, I think another aspect was before I started Proof, I was uh, practicing attorney in Phoenix. And a lot about practicing law is, what can you prove? So that was, you know, for us, it was the perfect fit because we wanted to prove a lot of things to a lot of people. We wanted, first and foremost, we wanted to prove to our customers that we offered a top level service. So we thought it was memorable, short, sweet, and went with it. And I, to this day, I love it.
0: I, I do, too. I think you can't if you have proof of something, you can't argue and you can't uh, I mean, you can try, but there's it's right there laid out in front of you of something that's very verifiable. It works. And um, I really love that. And I, and I also think it's neat how you tied that in with being an attorney and uh, and having to show proof for your case. Um, well, let me ask you this. Um, you're a family man. And I know that personally. So, uh, you know, I've got four kids, uh, you do a lot as we talked about, how do you find the time to fit in your, your quality family time with so much going on?
1: It's funny that you asked that question because time has been on my mind a lot recently. I recently read a book by Dan Martell called buy back your time, which I highly recommend for anybody that feels like they're too busy. Um, but it's a work in progress and I'm getting better at it. I first and foremost, I surround myself with incredible people. I get this question a lot like, hey, hey, Alan, how do you run this number of businesses? How do you, your family life? I'm very involved in my church, very involved in my community. I'm very, like, I go to the gym a lot. I play basketball, play golf. Um, and it really comes down to putting people around me that I can trust and bringing them all along for the ride. And, um, so I have just great people in my life. I have people that are running, uh, companies. I have partners that help a lot. I have an administrative assistant. That's incredible. All the people that help me with my podcast and my social media. So that's number one is I I've realized the value of my time. And it's when when it's with my family and, and I have young kids, Right, Arthur. I have an eleven-year-old boy, nine-year-old boy, and a five-year-old girl. So, like, it's not just what what is the dollar amount I can put on my time? Because can I put a dollar amount on the time that I could spend with my daughter in our swimming pool? Like th- that surpasses any type of calculation. So, because of that value, I'm like, hey, I'm going to pay people. I'm gonna I'm gonna allow them to align with my vision and vice versa me align with theirs, put those people around me and let them do their jobs. A lot of times people they'll, they'll hire others and then they'll just do the job for them or tell them how to do it. In this book, by back your time, Dan Martel says 80% done by somebody else is better than hundred percent done by, by you, which as managers and leaders, we have to get that concept. Sometimes it's tough for us to let go of control when we're like, no, nobody's going to do a job as well as I will. And to be honest with you, that might be the case a lot of times, but 80% done by somebody else is better than hundred percent done by you.
0: I love that quote. That's, that's excellent. And it's, it's interesting how that's such a hard concept for a lot of people to grasp. I mean, yeah. especially as you're growing a business and you're kind of starting up and you're used to doing pretty much everything yourself, especially before you scale. And as you scale, if you can't, learn that and start to let go of some things, you know, and, and that, uh, that obviously that falls in line with trust, but obviously you, you're very trustworthy. I mean, in uh, using the name proof, building your systems, having so many great people around you. And that's a reflection in, you know, in the, in those people that are around you, they become trustworthy. They follow your lead. And that's just such a fantastic, um, just a network of everything that you built together, Alan. So, uh, and let, let's shift over to this question too, because you're achieving a lot. Because you're you're really so driven. Um, what is a way that you like to um, essentially set and define your goals?
1: So I go through this process toward the fall end of each year, where I start with you know one of the habits of. Um, highly effective people. One of the seven habits is that they begin with the end in mind, right? Stephen Covey is one of my mentors. I look up to him. And so he talks about how the most successful people, they're not looking at six months from now. They're not looking at one month from now. They're not looking at one year from now. They're looking at 10, 20 years plus. So when I'm talking about getting, you know, focused on my goals, I'm looking down, you know, in 10 plus years and and I'm putting myself in a position where, and I used to, trust me, Arthur, I used to think this was all like wishy-washy, like voodoo stuff. But I put myself in in a body and a mindset of somebody that's 10, 15 years older. I, I imagine what my family looks like. For me, you know, I'm going to get some gray, maybe lose some hair. But my five-year-old daughter, and she's going to be 15 in 10 years. Lots has of, lots of changed for her. So I start there. And I'm like, okay, in 10 years, and you know, in 10 years, I'm going to be 53 years old. What, what does my life look like? What do my kids look like? What do I want to be doing? What? And I try to associate that picture, that imagery with as much emotion as possible. And when I do that, I have seven areas of my life that I focus on, my spiritual life, my family life, my mental life, my my emotional life, my physical life, like what's my health like? Uh, My professional life, my career, which is separate from number six, which is my financial life, and number seven, my social life. And I go right down and I put myself 10 years, 15 years in the future as I'm setting my goals, and then I work backward. So if I want to be the type of dad that has a really good relationship with my 15 year old daughter, then I've got to be doing stuff this year so that she feels like she can talk to me, she can confide in me, um, that she's valuable. I spend time with her. So that goes on my list and I have a goal specific to my family life. And then I go right down the list. And, you know, for me, if I put things in context of where I want to be, I see the end from the beginning that allows me in tough times when I get really upset at my daughter, she makes a huge mess in the kitchen or whatever that I can, you know, take a couple deep breaths and remember that in 10 years, this mess isn't going to matter. And I do that with every area of my life. And it's kind of a complex process. It doesn't need to be like that for everybody, but that's kind of the process that I go through to keep and make sure that first things remain first in my life.
0: That's wonderful. And it's not easy to do that. It isn't, especially when there's so much going on. Um, And to envision that like you do with, you know, thinking about 10 years ahead, 15 years ahead. um, Do you ever go back the other way and think, man, Look at, let me d- dive into my thoughts. Where was I 10, 15 years ago? And look at how far I've gotten now. And if people could think about it that way on both ends, I think they would have a much easier time in kind of picturing the future, right? And picturing where, they, where they're going to be. And, you know, it's different. Not everybody has kids, but they still, I mean, especially if you want to be successful to, to the level you are, they still have passions, right? Of, of helping people um, of where they've got to have some goal, right? You can't just have no purpose, no goals. Um, so yeah, but you probably think about that, right? You think about the past, how far you gone.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I'll, a lot of times I'll, I'll do things like my social media, whatever, like, Hey, what would I tell my 20 year old self? Um, and I've made my fair share of mistakes. I think that's what separates me from a lot of people is that, I don't look at failures and mistakes the way I used to when I was younger. Um, I think they're great opportunities uh, to change and and evolve. And I don't dwell on them. And I try not to be too hard on myself with them because I need that confidence to keep moving. But, um, you know, for me, I think when I look back, I don't do a lot of patting myself on the back. And it's it's a lot of it's because... Now, I do enjoy the wins in life, for sure. Celebrate, like especially when there's people that I get to enjoy those wins with. That's the more important part to me. But it's because it's not really what I'm I'm in it for. Not at this stage, maybe 10 years ago. But at this stage, it's like, that. you know, what's the type of person that I'm becoming? When you make a certain amount of money, what you're saying is that the economy values you at that level. And so it's not necessarily how much money you make, but how much value you're giving. And so for me, it's a lot more important to kind of understand that journey. And I get the question a lot, Arthur, hey, when's enough enough for you, Alan? And it's like, well, because I'm not measuring myself on results, it's never gonna be enough. That's not how I think about it. It's a a weird question. It's like, hey, when when are you gonna stop being a parent? Well, never, never gonna stop being a parent and and it's because it's about the process it's about the relationships it's about the growth it's about the experience that's exactly how it is for me as an entrepreneur um and so it's never going to be enough but it's always enough at the same time so
0: well and that's so well said um and it just it all ties together and you've got that drive and you've got that determination that purpose and that's how it's supposed to be you know i talked about this with my um business partner my co-founder how it all creates, it's all, it's all linked together. It's woven together in one way or another. And that's how you really build something to make such an impact, right? On people's lives. Um, And speaking of that, obviously you're probably not very passionate about bugs themselves, right? But you're Mm -hmm. passionate about helping people. And that's what you do through your business and well, through all your businesses. But if what would you say to someone who's maybe kind of an up and comer? um trying to start a business they are genuinely passionate about helping people how would you tell them they could get their message out there
1: you know i honestly think arthur you can help somebody in any industry and you know the the bug industry the home service industry has really grown on me remember i was a, an attorney one week and the next week i was spraying homes and um, you know, that transition for me to a lot of people be like, why did you do that? Like, what, <laughs> you know, what were you thinking? And for me, my principles didn't change my, just how I was living those principles did. So, you know, I, I have mixed feelings about following a passion per se to start a business. Um, but part of that's because the way that I'm able to do everything that I do today is because of one of the least sexy industries in, in the world. And that's killing bugs that has allowed me to, to live my passion. So, um, like I'll go into, you know, I'm really into, uh, my, like Jordan shoes and baseball carts and I'll go into shops where the owners out there hustling. It's like, awesome. They're, they're following their passion. There's nothing wrong with that at all, but there are business, there are industries that it's a lot easier to kind of parlay that into a passion And you find the passion, not necessarily in the technical aspects. Michael Gerber wrote a book called The E-Myth and he talks about this. He talks about how some people, they're bakers or whatever, and they just wanna bake cupcakes, but they're really good at it, so they hang a shingle. And then they realize that they don't have time anymore to bake cupcakes because they're paying the bills, they're dealing with the property and equipment and all these things. And it's like, you know, find your passion. Business is so cool and it's so diverse that you'll, you'll find something that you love. It doesn't matter if it's pest control or janitorial services or anything like you'll find some aspect of the business that you're passionate about. And that's what I, I found. And now I I'm very passionate about the pest control business, even though I wasn't when I started it.
0: Yeah. Well, and it, and it makes sense. I mean, cause you pour yourself into something and yep. The, the passion is going to make its way there one way or another, you know, it, it, to relate to that, obviously I, uh, with, with the business dealing with mold and indoor, you know, illnesses or, or indoor, um, contaminants, uh, mold's not a, an interesting thing to most people, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's really, like you said, to use the word, it's not, not sexy. It's not even, you know, a lot of people tune it out if you're talking yeah. about it a lot, but it's, it's something that's necessary and you're helping people and for sure, um, so let's talk about your podcast, Alan. What, yeah. uh, tell everybody the name of it and how, you know, they can find it. I'm assuming it's all the different platforms.
1: Yeah. So I actually have two podcasts that I drop weekly episodes. Um, one is pest control niche specific, home service specific, and that's called um, the Bug Bucks podcast, B-U-G-B-U-X um, podcast. And then I have one that's more entrepreneurial, uh, more general business, uh, motivation, self help, and that's called the Business Growth Pod. Both of those podcasts are on all major platforms. I'm pretty easy to find.
0: Awesome. Well, um, I know that that's a it'll be a good show to check out. You've got well over 100 episodes, I believe. You got you've been out there for a while doing that.
1: Yeah. So both of them, I think, and and they've kind of changed over the years, but I think total, I think I've recorded over and launched over 300 episodes. So.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, we always like to kind of wrap it up with some fun little side questions. So I'm going to ask you this. What, uh, what do you like to do in the middle of the Arizona summer when it's hot? Do you just get out there in that heat or you try to find some <laughs> indoor activities?
1: <laughs> My favorite thing to do when it's hot in Arizona is go to Idaho. So we actually spend um, our kids entire summers uh, up North. So, <laughs> that's a, um, they, but we have short summers in, in Idaho or short summers in, uh, Arizona because it's so hot. So they put the kids back in school in like, you know, the late July, early August. So we come back once they start school, we do a lot of swimming, you know, um, t- you basically try to stay out of the heat as much as possible. That's the trick.
0: Yeah, I figured you probably did something to do that, but Idaho is a wonderful place to to go. You grew up near there. I've been, I have friends in Moscow, so we've been there before. I love Idaho. Um, well, Thank hey, you. Alan, this has been fantastic. I really, really appreciate you being on the show. Um, tell also, uh, what's your website? How can people reach out to you?
1: Yeah, so the best place to find me, I'm really active on Instagram. I'm real Alan Draper. Um, and my website, AlanDraper.com. So, but I'm very active on social media, put out a lot of content, so pretty easy guy to find.
0: Awesome. Okay, well, uh, make sure y'all check him out, go find him on Instagram website. He's got two podcasts, and of course, uh, just very busy, very um active person. Alan, uh, appreciate you again. He's the founder CEO of Proof Pest Control. Um, He's a business startup expert, podcaster, attorney, real estate investor, and then he can also help you um, with with marketing and help you, you know, if you're starting up a business. Alan, I hugely appreciate you being on the show. This has been a real honor.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure.
0: Thanks, Alan. And that's going to do us for uh, this episode of the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. Please uh, check us out next time and we will see you soon. Arthur Yon here. Thank you so much for listening to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. If you are a successful restorer, contractor, or home service provider who would like to be on this program, please visit jointhenestteam.com slash go. If you got something out of this interview, would you also share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the social. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag HSSB Spotlight. I love seeing your posts, love seeing your guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and your reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, jointhenestteam.com slash go, or follow me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.